0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Huskies on Tap, a podcast for the Huskies by the Huskies presented to you by Fatty's Pub and Grill and brought to you by ONTAP Sportsnet. I'm your host, Brandon Suarez. You can follow me on Twitter at BDON300, and you can follow our main account at Huskies on Tap. We're back at the facility for another set of interviews, or I shouldn't say set, but a special interview with a newcomer to this team, a guy that has definitely made an impact on the defensive side of the ball. We're joined by NIU defensive back Jordan White. Jordan, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing good. So, like you said, when we were walking up here, first time doing the media, first time on the podcast, but your first season here at NIU. So, how would you say you've done so far up to this point? Uh, so far, I think I've done a, a great job, you know, coming
1: in, adjusting, and uh, just, you mm-hmm. know, following the new normal. So, that's
0: and then from your previous career, so you told me a little bit before we started, you transferred over from Youngstown State. What adjustments would you say you've had to make from playing at the FCS level and then now playing Division One? Uh, Really about down in
1: the – the biggest difference is the O-line, D-line, but um one of the other things would be down in the football. Uh, the backs are a little bit bigger, you know,
0: a little bit more stronger, and I, I love the competition. Yeah, and then so far this season, we've seen some great plays from that defense. This week specifically, we saw you attached to a cannon and, and shot into a receiver. But I know I asked you a little bit up there, but like playing at the speed that you play, right? And being able to to execute those hits and not get flags is an impressive feat. Because now it's like the way, just strictly off the violence of the hit, we see flags thrown. But like the way you did it, they rolled it back. Perfect shoulder. If you're trying to teach a young safety how to how to be Jordan White, how are you going to tell him? Uh, tell him to go watch some Sean Taylor highlights. Oh keep, my God, let's go! Keep your
1: head out of it. That's what, that's the main thing. Just keep your head out. And, you know, throw your shoulder, throw your arm,
0: just do anything violent. Keep your head out because that's all the rest are looking for. Yeah, they don't make them like Sean Taylor anymore. I still got his jersey. probably doesn't fit me anymore because I was a kid, but I still got his jersey hanging up in my closet. Did you have? So is Sean Taylor your favorite or did you have any other favorite safeties that you kind of grew up watching? Sean Taylor is my favorite. Um, The newest one that I, you know, I'm trying to learn from and watch is uh, Derwin James. Derwin James. Yeah. Uh, actually, I think Jaden, Jaden last week said that he really likes the way uh, James plays. Cause he's kind of, it's kind of more of a box guy and yeah. Jaden's a little bit of both like little corner, a little linebacker, a little mixture, but from your first season, do you have like a play that sticks out in your head that you're like, wow, that's my that's definitely my favorite play that I've I've had this season. Um, actually, I don't have a favorite play. Uh,
1: I'm always looking to create more, and I'm never satisfied with any result. Um, I'm always looking to go to the next level. I'm just looking to you know make my teammates proud. And, you know, um, one thing about me is like, I can I can make all these plays, but when I go to watch film, I watch, you know, who's celebrating my success because that that brings a smile on my face is, you know.
0: Uh, Watching when, all the guys celebrate together. Yeah. Yeah. Guys that are happy for me. I, uh, I love it. Yeah, and I remember, too, uh, I even made a point to mention it yeah. in the press conference. I want to say it may have been after, like, the Toledo game where he was, like, when I looked at film, like, I looked at our sideline and, like, there wasn't that going on. The people weren't celebrating with each other. And it's like, dude, at the end of the day, you're playing a child's game. You're at school for it. You're probably you know, you're getting an education. And at the very least, you're putting together film for an opportunity to play it professionally, right? Like there's a lot of people that would kill to be in those shoes. And you guys, you know, I think last week is a perfect example of it, right? Last week you go into that game, from my understanding Bowl eligibility is gone. I I found out later on, I guess there's a way to to go at five and seven, but you have to get to five and seven first. So we'll discuss that later. But the broadcast was talking about it. I'm sitting there thinking about it. And even on my pregame, I'm like, look, there's still so much to play for. You know how many young guys, guys like Jaden Cradle that went out there and did his thing, Nick Alvarado went out there and did his thing. That's good to see. And then especially it helps build up for a guy like yourself that will be back on this team next year, you know? Of course, and also, I want to uh, shout out
1: when I'm talking about you know guys celebrating each other's success. Um, there's this guy in particular, uh, number 29, Nooney. He's a young guy, corner freshman, and he traveled with us this week. And I realized, like, he he wasn't putting on his shoulder pads or helmet, and uh, that didn't phase me because I know he he supports everybody. He he's a guy, you know joking and just putting a smile on everybody's face him, kind of a glue guy right we guy him and uh Finley you know their guys I hope you know their bond is unbreakable and I just I love
0: being around them because they keep me young so. you said Noonie yeah Noonie Finley and Junie those are like the three spirit animals with the <laughs> team because I see they kept panning over and I'd see like Junie on the sideline like hyping people up yeah. and that's the one thing too that it's like you weren't here last year, so you, you you wouldn't know. And it's it's easy when the when the going isn't tough, right? But right. when the going is tough, when you're losing games, when you lost five games in a row, it's hard to pick yourself back up off the mat. But a game like Western Michigan, too, where you know they had two touchdowns called off the board, they sh- that's usually us, the shooting ourselves in the foot. Yeah, you guys were able to put together right. enough stops, and I think two, 21 points. That's a great performance from you guys in college football and Maxion. Like, I don't know how much you know about Maxion from before you you were a part of it, but like, those are notoriously high-scoring games. Games that chaos ensues in, and I think you guys kept chaos at bay. What's been the best part about seeing the defense grow into the unit that they are now? The biggest part about it
1: is um the D line eating. Like, they're just coming on strong now and. Um, our linebackers filling gaps, you know, Nick Alvarado's back in there. And man, if there is a, a full, a, a team full of Alvarado's,
0: it would be a hey, watch out. So I had, I had a couple people on the defensive side of the ball. Cause I'll usually ask players like who's someone that we should keep an eye out on. That's on the compete team that hasn't played yet. And I got him multiple times. And then like they showed a picture of him, probably like the most ripped picture of him. And I'm like, uh, if that kid's 18 years old, I never had a shot coming out of high school. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. like built in a lab. And then two, uh, this week, when I did my, my, my post-game recap, both my players of the game were players in cradle and, and Alvarado that compete team guys at the beginning of the year. So I think that's one thing that's great to see uh, on a coach and coach team is you're always going to get guys that are going to get opportunities. How did you work your way into the starting lineup? Uh, so
1: I started off uh the season uh fall camp. I had a concussion that kind of put me down, and uh working my way back in was uh just you know coaches trusting me, giving me the confidence to play with, and I uh, slowly started making plays and building confidence and
0: uh sooner or later, they just left me out there and just let me go eat. they're like yeah you're you're not coming back to this sideline, buddy. we need you too much yeah. uh from from a practice standpoint, okay, right, so the offense they haven't been really an issue outside of the fact that the quarterback shuffle has kind of made it tougher on them but they're always scoring points they are usually able to move the ball and they're usually able to run the football so i know you talked a little bit earlier about like in sean taylor like in uh derwin james do you have a favorite like nfl team that you follow or are you more just kind of follow your guys Um, uh, i'm a
1: commanders fan but hdtr baby Red oh my god Red. i have
0: i have never had a commanders fan on the show and and man, let's talk about how ugly that game was. Bears, Commanders. I, yeah, I'm sure you were happy. I was not. But what, what's your, what, what's your positive outlook on the rest of their season? Because they're still kind of in the mix, and they play right now in the best division in football. Yeah. Um. I love Heineke back there. Hey, Taylor Heineke. I, I need to go get his jersey. Um, got that dog in him. USFL dog, guy man. too, or or I don't know if it was USFL. But I think it was like the AAF and uh, the XFL. Yeah, Old Dominion. Uh. The,
1: Offense USA, I think
0: it was. Yeah, and then he he had the, the little thing in the XFL because I remember there was a video of him like smacking two oh, yeah, Bud yeah. Light saucers together yeah. and
1: chugging them. So you know, I hope they finish out strong. Um I know we're not gonna win the division, but
0: if we get in playoffs, will that'll be great. So are you from uh are you from like uh would it be like Washington State? Is that what they call it? Maryland. Maryland. Okay. I was about to say yeah. Maryland, but I I don't know why it didn't slip off my tongue and and I know Coach Hammock's from New Jersey kind of up there in that region, but how did you get in touch with Coach Hammock and and uh, how did you end up coming to NIU? So um, Coach Nick McKissick,
1: he was at Youngstown State for my first year. Oh, really? Yeah, and, um, you know, I, he, I loved him up there. You know, he was one of those coaches that was trying for me underneath of his wing. And when I got into the portal, um, you know, he hit me back up and Hammock, uh, you know, he talked to me about you know, being from the area of Baltimore, coaching there and uh, familiar with this stuff. So, you know, having a guy saying he was familiar with my area because I'm from a, uh, a place where, you know, nobody knows about my city or anything. So it
0: was just a... Is it like just like a small town? or Small town. Really? Small. Did you play like eight man football or was it no, still 11? No, man? not that small. <laughs> it's, a, it's a small town with a, with a
1: lot of uh talent. And it was easy to relate to hammock, you know, it just, it was. he was like, uh, I just loved his vibe when he yeah. came, everything was just so like chill. I didn't, you know, nothing was ever forced.
0: It was just, Hey, taking it run with it. Yeah. I've seen the horror stories of like how recruiting goes and how coaches can be. And I'm thankful that I cover and I'm a fan of an institution that our coach is a, a good guy and a, a good guy to have leading the program from a developmental standpoint, so lately we've seen a lot of these younger guys break through and get meaningful snaps and make meaningful plays. Do you have a guy specifically in that DB room that is a compete team guy or a guy that hasn't played a lot that you kind of can't wait to see when they get out there? It was Alvarado. He was he was at uh,
1: safety. Well, he was supposed to come in and play safety. Okay. And, I'm and they move him down, down in the box. Like, oh, he ready to take my job, but <laughs> – <laughs> Yeah, they moved him down to the box. And there's another guy, uh, Muhammad Jamey. Okay. Muhammad Jamey. He's been in there a little bit this year. He's been in there a little bit, but he's just waiting. He's waiting to ex- explode. He's got the size.
0: He's got the speed. I heard he's feisty, too. Feisty. You need a feisty. You need you need the hands as a corner. You need to be a boxer out there. Yeah, I like his dog and you know, him, especially. And then I talked to coach a little bit about this, but the last few weeks, the one downside on the defense that we've seen is um, the flags, the the defensive pass interference and the holdings on the deep balls. What can you guys do as defensive backs, like to work and practice to kind of prepare yourself better for those moments? Uh, This week we're going
1: to emphasize, you know, fighting through the hands, you know, we're going to do a lot of fundamentals, you know, sound stuff this week so we can eliminate those plays and, if we eliminate those plays, ain't no telling, you know, how many points we going to put up the board this week. And then 18
0: degrees, 18 degrees, man. What's the coldest game you've played? And I know you're from, you know, you're from up there in Maryland, so you're used to cold weather. But what would you say, have you played a game this cold yet? uh 18 i might have played you know somewhere
1: around like 22 21 oh that's like that's like summer weather compared to 18 right (laughs) but i heard 18 that took me back to like high school like playoff time and i'm thinking like i know i know 11 versus 11 not all 11 people want to be out there (laughs) yeah that's that's another reason why i came here to niu to play some cold football yeah I love the cold football and I'm, I'm smiling. I'm, I'm loving it right now.
0: Sleeves or no sleeves.
1: I'm going to go, I'm going to come no sleeves. Oh my God. You're crazy. I've been, I've been, I've been wearing my (laughs) sleeves, but hey.
0: Well, that's the one thing that I was, uh, well, I guess I wouldn't say I was surprised with, but until they, they had mentioned that it was so nice out out there in Kalamazoo, I'm looking around and I'm like, I'm like, is it not cold out out there? Like everyone was wearing short sleeves and then they're like, Oh, well, it's like 60, 70 degrees out. So a little bit of global warming but we're right back we're right back down to earth with 18 degrees and I'm sure uh, it'll be windy out there because if there's one thing you've probably learned about DeKalb is it's uh the second iteration of the windy city constantly windy here yeah can't hide from it of all the places uh that you've gotten to play so far in college football and I know Youngstown does do a lot of uh they'll do that one game where they play against like a top 10 team or a top 25 team what's your favorite stadium that you've gotten to play in uh, my favorite stadium to play in
1: was definitely uh, Michigan State. That was a big eye-opener for me. And uh, just the vibe, the roar of the crowd, everything, I loved it. Like, there was not one one thought of, like, fear or anything. I, You know, I take these challenges head on. And I come from a – like I said earlier, I come it's from a place a – Small town of not 63,000 straight yeah, fans, yeah. You know, I just, you know, I love taking on these challenges, you know. And another thing is, uh, the hard way. Like, hard way. I take yeah. that to heart.
0: I love everything. Nothing's ever easy in my life. And then you play in the secondary, so you're going up against some receivers, some running backs, everything in between. Who would you say is maybe the most talented player you've had to lock up? Uh,
1: definitely last week's uh, number four. Okay. Um, he was definitely some guy on the film where I definitely needed to study his uh, just his his run style was a little goofy. So it's kind of hard to dictate when he's going to plant or not. But uh, he was
0: definitely the hardest guy so far. And then words of advice to that 17, 16-year-old safety that's like putting together his tape right now, trying to send it out to schools and, and wants to get to that level of playing college football. What's your best advice to him? Best
1: advice is, you know, um, share it to anybody. Never, you know, never let a school fall short or never, never think you're not good enough. Never, ever think you're not good enough because you never know what you you can do in one year. Like, um, you can change your life around in four games, three games. Like, it's it's all a mindset, you know. Just change your mindset, you know. Have a strong mindset. Believe in yourself. If you got to lie to yourself, lie to yourself. Just tell talk to yourself. Take it till you make it almost kind of. Talk to yourself, you know. Say good things to yourself because I'm telling you, that stuff translates,
0: and then you had mentioned before we sat down to talk. So first year here, but you have two more years here. What are three things that you absolutely have to accomplish before you leave? Three things
1: I got to accomplish before I leave. One would be uh, number one is leave my legacy. Uh, I want people to remember me. Uh, number two is uh, be the best leader and teammate I can be. And number three,
0: uh, the end goal is uh get up out of here and go to the NFL. I hear you on that. So for the final two games of the season, you guys emphasize a lot on making sure that you win the games for the seniors. And Then too, most importantly, you win the games for yourself. But what do you want to see from your performances in the final two weeks of the season? Uh, for me, I
1: just you know I I gotta uh, get my hands on the ball most definitely. I need I need me another interception or two, and uh, I'm a, I'm gonna come down like a missile again. Don't worry.
0: Yeah, so that was my favorite hit, quite possibly, of the season, and you gave it to me twice. So hopefully, you know, stay within the bounds. Use the shoulder. Don't put your head in there. But, yeah, keep keep hitting people like that, and I don't think Husky fans would be <laughs> too disappointed in your play. Do you have um, any words for the Husky fans that will be weathering the, the storm out there in 18-degree weather? Hey, if you coming out It's all love, you know. Um, bundle up. Be
1: ready for a show because we coming, you know, two two games left. But these are two big games in all of our eyes.
0: Yeah. And I think, too, the more you move around, the more noise you make, the warmer you will stay. So in turn, uh, you got to find a way to do that. And other than that, do you have uh, do you have like Twitter and Instagram? You have all that stuff. Yeah. Where can we follow you at on social or have uh, our listeners
1: follow you at? You can follow me on Instagram at J.K. White with three E's at the end. And uh, I would give you my Twitter, but my Twitter name is kind of hard for me to even say. I'll, right I'll
0: link it. I'll link it in the um in the description for the podcast. So if you if you found this podcast, you had to have seen Jordan's Twitter to get here. If you found the podcast on Twitter, but perfect. Do you have any uh, final wrap up thoughts ahead of this week's matchup against Miami of Ohio? Uh, I know they do a lot of uh. I know their quarterback recently just got hurt yeah he, he got hurt on the last play of the game and they were down by like 30. I was sitting there yeah. like why was he even in there it was it was bad it was bad to watch yeah and I know they take a
1: lot of deep shots so uh, we're just gonna home in our on our fun- fundamentals this
0: week and we to come out one and up one and up that's the best way to do it and like you said a little bit ago the hard way but yeah you gotta find the silver linings in a season that may not necessarily have gone our way, but a game like last week's game gives us a little bit of confidence rolling into this one. And then two, I didn't get a chance uh, to ask during the presser, but I don't know if you saw this earlier in the year. So earlier in the year, uh, Miami of Ohio, when they beat Northwestern, they said we are Chicago's uh, Mac team. Do you, do you have anything to say about that? Raise my eyebrows. Um, I know we're not going to win the MAC this year, but at least, like, you got to beat a team that says something like that, right? Right. I just,
1: you know, I just flipped the switch to me, and I don't got to say too much on that.
0: And then one final one, the trophy. So both Coach Hammock and Nolan were talking about, like, the importance of trophy games. I think if I'm correct, the only other uh, trophy game you got to play in here or play here yet was the Ball State one. Obviously, that was a gutting loss. But what would it mean to go out there and get the trophy this week against Miami Ohio? It would mean a lot.
1: That it, it would spark a lot of uh, it would spark a momentum switch, most definitely. And uh, we just we just want to win. That's yeah. all we want to do. And it, it's, it would be great for our mo- to carry on this momentum into next season
0: as well. I'm glad that you said that because I've I've been like screaming that on the podcast. Like, look, if we can put together a couple of good games, the defense continues to get better. We get Rocky back next year, everything is fine. But I really do appreciate you for joining me on this week's show. Uh, Best of luck out there on Wednesday. Please bundle up because I don't want to see you get frostbite out there like the kid from the Christmas story. But other than that, man, great to see you, and uh, look forward to seeing you play again this week. Awesome. I really appreciate you having me on here. Absolutely. Thank you, man. All right, everyone. We want to thank Jordan White for joining today's show and want to thank everyone for listening to the Jordan White interview. But on this side of the show, we're going to be getting into this Wednesday's weekday matching game against Miami of Ohio. We come into the game at three and seven, Miami of Ohio coming into the game at four and six. So in back-to-back weeks, we have an opportunity to hand a team in the Mac their seventh loss. And it's a home game. Um. Coach said 18 degree weather, but the weather has since changed, so we won't we won't hold it against Coach. We were talking about eighteen degree weather on the other side, but I just looked right now, and it's gonna be thirty-six degrees with a fifty percent chance of snow. There's a seventy percent chance of snow tonight. So there could be a little bit of snow accumulation or the the 70% chance of snow is Tuesday. I, I apologize. Come to you live Monday morning. Busy week with uh, high school football playoffs and just working my other job and then doing everything with the pods and stuff at ND and the Bears play. So, yeah, hectic weekend. But a little Monday morning quarterback gets you guys ready for this week's matchup against Ohio. One one note that I did notice right out the gates, and I think it's important to state, Coach mentioned it in his press conference, and I saw it because I'm a degenerate and I was watching the Miami of Ohio game against Ohio last week, and Brett Gabbert, Blaine Gabbert's little brother, who is the star quarterback, starting quarterback for Miami of Ohio, was in the game late. Like, they were down – they're down 16 with, like, 40 seconds left. And it wasn't even 40 seconds. It was literally the last play of the game that he got hurt. Like, he was probably still in at 40 seconds, but got hurt on the last play of the game, tried to leave the pocket, took a shot to his knee, it looked like. And I just remember like watching the broadcast, like just as someone who's seen this this movie before. the The Chicago and in us will think of Derrick Rose, right? Like a little bit of a different scenario with Miami trailing at that point, but you're probably not coming back from down 16 in 30 seconds. I, I highly, highly doubt it. I've only seen one Maction game that was like that. And it was like a Western Michigan game a few years ago where they came back from down 14 in like the last minute. But still, like, I don't know. I don't like the situation. I feel bad for the kid, Brett Gabbert. He's only a junior, but we've seen him play some good football for this program uh, in Miami of Ohio. And you just hate to see a kid go down like that. So I honestly, let me me pull up and see, because we don't get depth charts from them. We only get our depth charts. Let me see if they have a guy that has just registered some stats at the position because he's been hurt already before this. So, Okay, so they've had two other quarterbacks play. The one with the most notable contribution is Avion Smith. uh, 735 yards on the year, seven touchdowns, four picks. This, again, we don't know the status of Gabbard, so we could see him. And then – there is a third quarterback who's only registered five passes also a freshman and Henry Hessen so two guys that they probably have the game plan the most for are Smith and Gabbert um this is a solid team i mean they're better than their 4 and 6 record would indicate and one would argue it's a team that's going through uh, a similar season as us lose your starting quarterback Gabbert played week 1 and then not again until Western, he So he's played four games this year. He played week one against Kentucky, played against Western Michigan on the 22nd of October, Akron the 29th, and then he gets hurt Tuesday the 8th uh, against Ohio. So I don't know. We'll see what, what ends up happening out there on uh, Wednesday. But the high... The higher receiver is a guy with a hell of a name, a name that you could probably put on the college football all-name team. Name is Mac Hippenhammer. Uh, 41 receptions, 551 yards, seven touchdowns. Not really a big receiver. He's 5'11", 190. But, I mean, with those numbers, still a guy that you have to watch out for. On the season, they have played a pretty tough uh, non- non-conference. So they played against Kentucky. They lost that played Robert Morris. Obviously, they won that game. Lost to Cincinnati. Cincinnati may not be the Cincinnati that they were last year, but still, if you watch any football, you know Cincinnati's a quality team. And then they beat Northwestern at Northwestern. And I know Northwestern sucks in the Big Ten this year. And I know they beat us in basketball on Friday, which is what it is because as we already all have anticipated after losing a bye game in the first game of the season in basketball, it could possibly be a rough season. But back to the football team, Miami of Ohio, two and two going into MAC play, right? You beat Northwestern, you beat Robert Morris, lose to Kentucky and Cincinnati. They lose to Buffalo, beat Kent State, lose to Bowling Green. I was actually dumb enough to bet on Miami of Ohio that game too, so that's probably my fault that they lost. And then Western Michigan, sixteen ten. They lost that when they beat Akron as they should. And then they they were kind of close with Miami of Ohio, or the, Miami of Ohio was kind of close with Ohio last week, but Ohio pulled away in the third and fourth quarter. And then obviously you lose Gabbard at the end of the game. So, like I said, Hippenhammer and Hammer has led their receiving yards in one, two, three, four in six of their games this year and we're not even all the way done with the season. So he's already reached the point where he's led the team in receiving yards for half the season. Um, and this is a team that's looking to remain bowl eligible. Another team that's similar to us was predicted to go to Detroit and play at Ford field for the Mac championship. And another team that could be sitting at home for bowl season. Although I did find out that. So some of the metrics that, Play into a team going to a bowl game when they're five and seven are things like GPA and like basically just like character things. There's nothing to do with anything on the field. Once it gets to that point, you need to have enough teams or not enough teams that are six and six. So then they start picking those five and seven teams. So we need to hope on two things. I'm going to knock on wood, hope a couple more teams like this, Miami of Ohio, a, a team that we could prevent the opportunity from going six and six. And I'm hoping that the guys were in the books hard this semester because if we can find a way to – if we can win this game, we're going 5-7. We won't and lose to Akron. It might be closer than anticipated because we don't have our full arsenal of players, but we're still a better team than Akron on our worst day. So find a way to win this game. You could get to 5-7. and seven. I'm all the way back in. I would hope that we win by the other metrics and not enough teams go 6-6. Six and six. But either way, find a way to finish the season strong. Send the seniors off the right way. Give us some good football to watch at Husky Stadium. I'm actually going to this game. I have some friends that are coming out to go. Like, I always pick one game a year to go to. And, of course, I, like, put it off until the end of the season, and we're going to have it at a snow game, so that'll be even more fun. But, yeah, we'll be up at Fatty's probably before the game you want to come say hello and we'll probably be in the touchdown village during the game and a little bit of heckling, some nice heckling, maybe not too bad. My brother's not coming, so we don't have to worry too much, but I got, like I said, I got some friends coming. Ethan will actually be there, the former co-host of the show. Um, Yeah. So it should be a fun time. If you're coming out to the game, love to see some listeners from the show. Uh, As it's been a while since we've been out the last time that I went out to a game, uh just as a fan not covering it was eastern Michigan last year. And I guess it, it could be again my fault because last year that was the rain delay game. So it's like I always pick the worst possible weather game to go to, but I'm looking forward to it. I think this is even though we're not, you know, fighting for the Mac championship or six and six, like still a great game to go to as a fan. If you all remember, uh after Miami beat Northwestern they put out like a social media post claiming themselves as Chicago's Mac team. So there's a little bit of bad blood. Uh we haven't played them in a year and a half, two years, and the last time we played them, I'm almost positive they they beat the absolute shit out of us. Let me pull up the uh the rivalry history. But Okay. So I was wrong. The last time we played was twenty seven, twenty four, but I'm pretty sure in two thousand eighteen, like we got thrashed. Let me see. Yeah, November 14th, 2018. No, no, I'm just terrible at this. Okay, maybe I'm just not good at my job. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. Either way, have not beat Miami of Ohio since 2015. Long time. None of these players except for Kyle Pugh are on the team at the time. So Kyle Pugh is the only player on this roster that knows what it's like and to beat Miami of Ohio. And that's it. I I was at ECC at that time. I wasn't even a Husky. Um, yeah, so <laughs> I think that was like two presidents ago at this rate. <laughs> like it was a long time ago. So it's been eight years. Uh, the rivalry history overall is tilted in our favor. Seven wins, three losses, but we've lost the last two. And before that, uh, we won five, or before that, from 2002 to 2009, we've won five. Five in a row. Uh, Three and one at home in this series, four and one on the road. So, uh, a rather dominant rivalry, and I mean, why not? Let's keep it that way. Let's find a way to get this to eight and three. Eight and three looks a lot better than seven and four, but... Some interesting uh, things just to look at f- from our side, because I know I haven't even started talking about us. I know they don't focus on the other team. That's that's kind of our job and kind of bring light on what the other team may do. But on our front, again, no news on Ontario Brown or Harrison Way Lee. Um, they just don't, like Coach Hammock just doesn't get into the injury news in the press conference. It was asked and it was denied. So, uh, I would anticipate seeing Jaden Cradle again on um, on Wednesday. And he had 36 carries for 136 yards. Coach Hammock talked about how excited he was for the opportunity. Uh, and, and Coach Hammock told him before the game, we're going to give you the ball as much as we possibly can. And they sure as shit did 36 times. So uh, another game for – a young guy and Jaden Cradle to grow. Uh, I know Nevin Crumiscoli had three interceptions last game, and I know Justin Lynch had the game winning drive. But the fact of the matter is, is we're probably looking at a two quarterback system for the rest of the season, and I think that no matter which way you look at it, it's going to be situational. So. It looks that Kremiscoli is the guy that's in for more passing situations, and it looks that Justin Lynch is the guy that's in for the running situations. Now, Coach Hammock did say in the press conference that he does want to get more passing opportunities for Justin Lynch, but obviously in a game like this, uh, it's it's 50% snow, 70% snow on Tuesday, so there will be snow accumulation. This is going to be a probably a low-scoring game, a defensive battle, a game that, will be one up front on both sides of the ball on offense and defense. And I'm glad that we have strong offensive line and defensive line. And it really also too, like I think the handicap in this game that really evens the playing field in our favor is if Gabbert's not able to go. If Gabbert goes, he's probably not going to be hundred percent. So I still think that no matter which way you look at it, it probably plays into our favor. I hope that, he's able to get back out on the field in a timely manner because you never want to see someone get hurt on the last play of the game in a two-possession game. You know, that just baffles you as a football fan. Just you don't want to see that ever. But we got to look for our defense to continue to build off of what they did the last the last time they were out there last week. And to hold a Western Michigan team to 21 points, I know, oh, my God, it's only 21 points, right? Like, could have done even better than that. But all things considered, the defense has really grown into their own. And Jordan talked about it on the other side of the episode. I mean, that's why I've enjoyed having a lot of defensive players on recently because, you know, the defense is something that we need to get better and is actively getting better. So why not, you know, have the guys on the show and – Looking at Miami of Ohio's schedules, so it's not necessarily a high-powered offense. They only scored 30 once this season. That was against Robert Morris. Um, other than that, the highest point total they've seen is 27. They did it twice, once against Kent State, once against Akron. Other than that, they're a team that has failed to score 20 points in in five games. I mean – Kentucky 13, Cincinnati 17, Northwestern 17, and a win, which is crazy. Uh, They had 20 against Buffalo, 17 against Bowling Green, 10 against Western Michigan, and they just scraped 21 last week against Ohio. So a very offensively challenged team too, but it's going to be a bloodbath. It's going to be a battle. It's going to be a battle in the trenches. It's going to be a battle of attrition. It's going to be a game that we may not see like 40 total pass attempts. Maybe like, I mean, 25 to 35 pass attempts, especially if you throw in the fact that it could be a backup quarterback versus a backup quarterback. And for us, it's not even our backup. It's like our sixth string that was supposed to redshirt this year that got thrown into the the fire. And, yeah, I think this game, and Coach Hammock talked about it in the press conference, you know, he looks forward to this part of the schedule, and that's why you have a good running game, and that's why you strive to have a good defense. So with the defense getting better, with the front seven leading the way, and we've seen that that second level of the defense, just as much as the first level, is good with interchangeable parts. Okay, we've seen great performances from just about damn near everyone that's put their hand in the dirt on that front four. And then at the second level, right, let's talk about it. Nick Ratine, Kyle Pugh, Dave Rayner, who's hurt right now, and hopefully he can get better soon because he was having a lights-out season up to the point that he got hurt. Jaden Dolphin playing the striker role. You know, these guys at the second level. Nick Alvarado last week in his first start, these guys in that front seven, are playing out of their mind and the secondary is going to get a little bit of a break this week right look at it like this one of one of three scenarios okay Gabbert's hurt not 100 percent they're probably going to look to run the football Gabbert doesn't play probably going to look to run the football snow terrible weather probably going to look to run the football like this is going to be It's going to be an old school game. I'm actually kind of excited about it because I know everyone gets excited about, you know, more like the – maybe like the Kent State game last year where it was just like touchdown, 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 right? But for us at this point in the season, we want to be able to see what we have in the young backs, the young receivers. I want to see some Billy Dozier on, on Wednesday. I want to see a little bit more involvement in the offense and more touches and we want to see what we have in this defense okay and in future games in future years we're going to need to win these type of games whether they're at home or on the road terrible weather snow under 40 degrees probably going to be windy out you know DeKalb doesn't hold back on the wind so I mean it's at the very least a uh not an audition but like a a practice run at maybe next year when we have Rocky back because it was announced on the ESPN broadcast and I've been sitting on that one since our last show, but I wanted him to, I want him to do it on the show, but whatever way it happens and it is what it is. Like I'm just happy the kid's coming back. That's my fucking dude. We'll probably be back at Fatty's next year for another season. I talked with them and it's basically just uh predicated on if Rocky would be back because obviously we would have to rebrand the Rocky Lombardi show with no Rocky, but everything's fine, okay? We're not going to go to the MAC championship this year. We're not going to go to a bowl game. We lost a lot of players through injury, lost a couple tight games, but as a team, they haven't lost that, that energy and that juice and that love for one another, right? Like Jordan White was talking about it, celebrating each other's successes, rooting for each other on and off the field. They're supportive of each other and they've stuck together. Coach Hammock talked about not only how much the, the win meant to to the players, but to the coaches. They're all in this together, and yeah, it, it hasn't gone their way this year, but they're still treating this game this week and the game next. Uh, not, I think it's I think it's ten days after Wednesday because they play on a Saturday to close the season out. Those are Super Bowl games for them. They are super excited to have those two games at Husky stadium to play in front of the Husky faithful. And I mean, you've heard it from just about damn near every person on the show. The fans have been great this year. They have been loud. They've been proud. They've showed up obviously, you know, midweek in action. There's always an asterisk next to it because you gotta be a special type of crazy to go out on a Wednesday night and weather the storm in 36 degree uh you know heat <laughs> and snow but yeah i i mean it hasn't gone our way this year but the future is looking bright into calb at least for one more season bringing rocky back and these guys that are going to be playing on the other side of the rocky lombardi era, rocky lombardi era here at niu will be getting meaningful reps and meaningful snaps here down the stretch And Coach Hammock talked, too, a little bit about Rocky and the presser about, um, you know, how he's like the – they said on the broadcast he's the lowest paid coach in all of college football because, I mean, that's a guy that, that lives and breathes the sport, right? and. You see him on the sideline playing catch with the quarterbacks. You see him on the sideline coaching the young guys up. You see him on the sideline just doing his thing. Like he's in the coach stance, like hands on his knees, bent over, like looking. You know, I, if you know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. Like every time they pan over to a coach on the sideline, he's standing in like a position like he's playing shortstop at the 50 yard line. So, yeah, proud of the way he's handled his situation this year, man. And look forward to getting him back in the red and black. But keep getting the defense better, keep getting young receivers and more looks. Uh, we're gonna be losing Liam this year, but I'm pretty sure Tristan Tavis will be back and, and what a season that that he's had and been able to put together. But you gotta find a way to win this one. You gotta find a way to get one week better, one week faster, one week stronger throughout this season because why not, right? You're at home. You want to impress for the fans. Uh, there was a lot of recruits out at practice this week. So I'm sure there'll be a lot of recruits out at these last final two games. And that, that's another thing too. You don't want to be losing, you don't want to be losing these home games when you have recruits coming to see you play. Because, you know, if they're coming to visit NIU, they're probably visiting Bowling Green or Miami of Ohio or Western Michigan. You know what I'm saying? It's not like they're visiting NIU and they're visiting Georgia and Clemson. And if that was the case, we, we, we never had a chance, but you can't be losing these Mac games when a majority of the players that we're picking from as a Mac school get visits to these other schools because all that shit matters. So probably saw an uptick obviously with winning the Mac. And I hope that those guys that, that came here in the off season understand that, you can't win it every year. You got to find ways to reinvent yourself. And we simply didn't reinvent ourselves to the way that we needed to this season to make it happen. But still proud of the way that they've battled up to this point of the season and still looking forward to finding a way to win a football game on Wednesday. And uh, I'll be there. Like I said, I'll be loud. I'll be proud. And I honestly think that they don't lose this game. I think that it's a low-scoring game. I haven't even looked at matchup predictor or any of that, but I think that we're favorites, which scares me because whenever there's any sort of expectation affiliated with a game of ours, it doesn't usually tend to go our way. But so schedule. So going into this game, uh, the over/under is forty-seven and a half. The matchup predictor has us, ESPN1 has us at 61.6% chance to win. And uh, NIU is a minus two point favorite and a minus 125 on the money line. So for people that are out of state betting, just bet the money line. Don't bet the spread. This is totally a game that if we win, we're winning by one point. Um, Yeah, it's going to be. Like I could see like a 17-16, I could see a 21-20, I could see all that shit. But yeah, obviously you can't bet on the team here in the state of Illinois. And I cannot bet on them obviously because I cover them. But we can still give advice obviously because we do on-tap bets for all of college football and all of the NFL. So yeah, I don't know. Um, I do think that a little bit of value it's not a terrible like money line bet, minus one twenty five. My rule is always like for a solo bet, anything up to minus one fifty, but anything past that, like I'm not I'm not solo betting. So I do think that it's a team that we match up well against, right? Like a team that coming into this game only averages nineteen point six points a game. And a lot of that has had to do with the fact that they haven't had Gabbard this season. But again, that's still up in the air if they're going to have Gabbert for this game. Uh, they only allow 23 points a game on the defensive side of the ball. So that's kind of, like I like I said, it's going to be a low-scoring game. A lot of their games are, like, Ohio scores a lot, so that we'll throw that out the window. Akron, 27-9, to that's 36 total points. Western Michigan, that's 26 total points, 16-10. Uh, Bowling Green, 17-30, that's 30 total points in a game. Like, we're a team that is prone to scoring close to 30 points a game, you know? So if we can run the football the way that we want to be able to run the football and get the short to intermediate passes, because I don't think the deep ball will be too much of a threat in a game like this. I think that this is a game that maybe we could find 28 points, but I think that this game is probably more around like 24, 21 range, uh seventeen, fourteen, even like just super grinded out white knuckle football midwest football the the reverse you know of what people want to see when they tune into and i'm sure uh at the same time as our game is going on there will be like two or three other Maxion games that are just touchdown offs and then you know what honestly too this is going to be uh This is going to be on the Sickos committee for sure. If you guys follow college football, you know the Sickos committee. They point out, like, all the just, like, crazy stuff that happens in college football. I 100% believe that this will be, like, a a Sicko alert because double backup quarterbacks, uh, two teams that kind of down on their luck this year, both under 500 by a couple games, and we get another chance to play spoiler against Miami of Ohio and with you know, with the the Chicago's Mac team post and, and stuff like that, like you know these guys want to win this game. I know that's just like a minute type thing, but listen, man, you don't you don't let teams that play in your conference cause they beat another team in your state that won't even play you, let them think that they're that team. You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, I I, I had my brother chirping me on, I want to say it was Friday right after the basketball team lost. And I'm like, dude, you guys won't even play us in football. So, yeah, congratulations on beating Northwestern. I think they have one win this season. And I hope that you guys keep that same energy when you get to Husky Stadium. Because, I mean, I know I didn't forget. I know I'm not strapping it up, so it doesn't make a difference. But, yeah. Like those guys are going to be hungry to go out there and win a game for their brothers, for their seniors, for the team and in front of the Husky fans. Um, I think the key to winning this football game, again, similar to last week, keep the opponent at 21 points or less. Because We've seen that we're usually able to get up there in points. Like we can, we can find 24, 28, 31 points in a game that maybe we started off slow we're a better second half team than we are a first half team. So I think we got to start this game fast. We got to start this game strong and hopefully we can try and take a lead into halftime. But, but I think we're a lot better playing ahead than we are, you know, down late, you know, with, with our backs up against the wall, like pin deep. So I know we've seen some big comebacks, but we haven't been able to finish those comebacks off. So Hopefully, we won't need one out there on Wednesday. But on the offensive side of the ball, I'm going to go Justin Lynch. Okay, so like I said, bad weather. Coach has already admitted that he wants to get Lynch better looks in the passing game. And the element of surprise because Lynch doesn't have that many throws on tape. So people are going to be thinking that when he comes in, he's running. Now, a lot of times on Wednesday, he is. But those few times that we can have him you know, do like a, a an RPO pass or a read option pass, find a receiver open when everyone's biting on the run. I trust our receivers to make people miss in space and hopefully take that one to the house. So, yeah, offensively, Justin Lynch, I think that's the most important player going into this game. Um, it's kind of hard to predict his stat line, but I do think he'll find the end zone. And I think that... Between passing and running, he'll have over 150 yards. And I know that's a low number, but it's really kind of hard to see what we're going to get from him. But I think this game right here, on the heels of leading a game-winning touchdown drive at the position that his brother played at the school that he played, like... That had to have given him goosebumps, man. He grew up coming to games at Husky Stadium. Now he's scoring touchdowns and winning games for us. I think he's going to come out absolutely fired up next week, and, or this this upcoming week against Miami of Ohio. So I, I'll even up the inning. I'll say one fifty and two total touchdowns. Maybe he'll throw. He'll, I think he'll throw for one, and I think he'll run for one. And you're going to call me crazy for 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 saying that he's going to throw for one. Just watch. We'll see. Okay. He'll throw for one, run for one, 150 total yards. On the defensive side of the ball, uh, with with my statement earlier, kind of saying that Miami of Ohio is going to run the football a lot. I do believe that this has this has Kyle Pugh game written all over it. Right, Kyle Pugh at the second level of the defense, the uh, the governor, I think is what they call him. So They call him something like that. I don't know exactly what it is. I got I to gotta ask Kyle. It's been a while since I've talked. It's been actually the last time I talked to Kyle was at, was at Universal. I was talking to Kyle and Lance after uh, a little pep rally at the Cure Bowl. But, yeah, I think Kyle Pugh game, I think 10-plus tackles. I think that's a guy that, listen, man, he's only got two more goes at it here at NIU, and it's over. Long, illustrious. Career where he saw a lot of success He he overcame a lot of hardship And he's right back out there On the field battling with his brothers With two games left in his season Give me Kyle Pugh 10 plus tackles Give Me Kyle Pugh turnover Like I want to see the Kyle Pugh game On the defensive side of the ball Lead the troops man And then special teams Mmm I want to say Richardson, but it might be tough for us to make field goals, but I do know this. Tom Foley has put together a phenomenal season at the punter position, uh, replacing Matt Ferrance, obviously, because Matt graduated. And tough gig. Never great weather in these games. Always a lot of wind, a lot of elements that you have to deal with, but Tom Foley has done a great job. And I think that it's going to be important that, you know, on those drives that we're not able to score – And we're, you know, we got to punt it because Coach Hammock has kind of in the last few weeks admitted that, you know, maybe this year it's it's kind of been his fault that we've gone for it on so many fourth downs. Well, obviously it's his fault because he's the coach, but he's kind of like accepted responsibility that maybe we shouldn't go for as many fourth downs and we've seen them tone down. And (laughs) they actually kind of had a little chuckle about it because, I mean, listen, man, you got to look at it from coach's perspective he goes for it he gets it he's god goes for it he gets it everybody's mad at him he punts it people want him to go for it you know what i'm saying so it's a, it's a tough situation so i'm glad to have him leading the way and making those decisions and this year he's been towards the middle and end of the season he's been making more of the right decisions in those spots because we don't have the same jimmy's and joe's you know we don't have the rat dog and Rocky that we can just literally jam down this, you know, the front of a, the front four of the other team until they give up. So it's a little bit different. Younger guys, not as experienced, not as big, not as fast, not as strong. So it is what it is, but yeah. Tom Foley, look for him to flip the field nicely. Look for him to, you know, have Miami start within their own 20 and in bad positions. And I think that the defense will will feed off that. And if we could pin them deep, dude, I wouldn't even hate a safety. Because, you know, if you think about it like this, right, if you got a safety, most of the time that you get that safety, it's due to a punt being pinned deep or a guy on kickoff or punt coming down and making a tackle within that five. But, again, still – the ball had to be put there by the punter. So opportunity for, for some stuff like that this week with terrible weather. I think I think in snow too, like on punts, the ball's either going to slip and slide a lot so we could get some extra yards or it could just die out. I don't know. We'll see. But I'm excited for all three phases of this game Coach Hammock talked uh, at you know, he talked for a couple minutes about special teams, just kind of saying like we had a fake field goal ran on us last week. Obviously, it didn't go their way, but you got to keep your eyes peeled for stuff like that. And it is action at the end of the day. For the score prediction, I'm gonna go with like I said, I'm gonna keep it low scoring. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say 21 to 20, NIU. Okay, so I think it's just a relatively close game. Like it's going to be a, a one possession game, but 21, touchdowns. I'll just call them all out. So I said, Justin will run for one. Jaden will run for one. And let's give the third and final one to my guy, Liam Sorahan. So a tight end touchdown, a running back touchdown and a quarterback touchdown. 21, 20 at Husky stadium. Um, I think it's going to be a fun one, man. I'm excited. Uh, I'll be over at Fatty's, like I said, before the game, and then I'll be over at the Touchdown Village during the game. So if you're at the game, don't be shy. Come say hi. Uh, I won't be hard to find. We'll be rooting loud for the Huskies and hoping that they can find a way to win a football game. And, uh, yeah, I mean – I'm just excited for another week of Husky football, and I'm excited for snow football. I'm actually really hoping that it snows because at my time at NIU, I don't think I've had a snow football game in, I want to say, a few years. I was definitely still an undergrad the last time I was at Husky Stadium for a snow football game. So, yeah, 21-20. Offensively, I got Justin Lynch. Defensively, I got Kyle Pugh, and on special teams, I got Tom Foley. Like I said, be out at Fatty's, our sponsor, uh, right before the, the game kicks off, having some drinks and stuff, and then obviously we'll be in the touchdown village during the game, and, yeah, I'll probably be standing for four quarters. So it is what it is. I look forward to getting back out to Husky Stadium as a fan because it's been about a year since I've done it and I look forward to seeing the team go out there and and give the fans a great performance. Um, I won't be in the post-game press conference, and we'll see see what the climate is uh, post-game. To do the post-game spaces or the post-game show, it might just be better uh, for me to wait until the next day because I don't know if I'm going to be going straight home, if I'm going to, you know, what's happening. So, like I said, the one time of the year where – i turn into one of the rest of us and and just root our team on from the stands. But, yeah, I look forward to getting back out there, and I look forward to breaking it all down for you guys, win, lose, or draw later in the week. And then, obviously, we got one more game after this against Akron. That's a wrap on the 2022-2023 season. So it is what it is. It didn't really go our way, but we still have opportunities to win football games and put our program in a position – Uh, that we want it to be for next season. But again, this was Huskies on tap. Presented to you by Fatty's Pub and Grill and brought to you by On Tap Sportsnet. I'm your host, Brandon Suarez. You can follow me on Twitter at BDON300 mm-hmm. and you can follow our main account at Huskies on Tap. For those of you that have been with us for the whole, the whole show, we really do appreciate you for listening to the Jordan White interview. Look for him to make some big plays out there on Wednesday, another couple big booming hits. And those hits are going to hurt a lot more in freezing cold weather. So like I said, really do appreciate you for listening to this week's show of Huskies on Tap. We'll be back with you guys in the middle of the week. And go Huskies.
1: Yeah. I got drink on living laps. In the kitchen with the magic. I got drink on living laps. In the Bye. kitchen with the magic. Bad bitch bad habits. We got London on the track. Dark, dark. I ain't asked now for none. I took the heart away. So oh, it put me overcoming with it. They took my heart away. Heart away. Yeah. Heart away. Start. Heart away.
0: Jump in it hard.